When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence. Welcome to the Beaver Sports Podcast, brought to you by Hong Kombucha, handcrafted with love in Bend, Oregon, for Beaver Nation. Here are your hosts, Mike Parker and John Warren. We are delighted to share this week's edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast, made possible by our friends in Bend, where they make hum kombucha. In fact, they handcraft it with love in Bend for all of Beaver Nation. Hum kombucha, delicious, fizzy, made with antioxidants, probiotics, and all organic ingredients. And the story we share, presented by Hum Kombucha, is uh, one of the great ones in modern athletic history at Oregon State. The cross-country team going to the national championships for the first time under second-year head coach Louis Quintana, a decorated athlete and coach himself as a competitor at Villanova, a coach at Arizona State, but he certainly ranks this accomplishment for his team in his second year as one of the great ones in his uh, sporting life yeah i think uh i've been a part of some some pretty spectacular moments as an athlete at villanova and trophying and being the top four on the podium um as a cross-country program and then at arizona state we did it twice and i think people were really surprised when we did that at asu saying there's no way you can run cross-country in the desert Mm -hmm. so it's similar you know coming here and i think within you know you know less than a year that we were able to kind of flip it and get people, you know, on board and excited about what we're trying to do. So it was an exciting moment. Congratulations to you. How, how excited are your, are your student athletes? I mean, <laughs> what, what have you sensed from them these last few days since the announcement? Yeah. So, you know, those are the things that you, as a coach, you know, you, you live for, um, you know, all the miles and, and the tough days, you know, make it worth it. And, you know, I was, you know, we, you know, I've been there before, um, the women haven't, but you know, so the big thing for me was to understand this is where we're going to be at emotionally. Let's be excited for a couple of days and then let's get back to work. The NCAA West regional championships, uh, you 
finished sixth there. I mean, you've had so many unprecedented uh, achievements this year that you, the program had never achieved before. You said in a year's time. Mm-hmm. What did you see? Or have you even been taken aback by the steps you were able to take in a year's time to get that that much of uh, of a national ranking and of an NCAA tournament berth? Are you ahead of schedule in a sense? Certainly. I mean, I think based on recruiting, we had a good recruiting year, but within cross country, it takes time. I mean, and uh, often it takes two, three, or four years before you kind of mature and kids get part of the system and they're competing at a high level. Um, so we're we're definitely ahead of schedule. There's no question about it. Um, and we're coming out of the West. So the West is the dip, deepest region in the United States. So makes it more remarkable what these women did this year. They not only made the national meet from, from nothing, we were last in the Pac-12 last year, to getting out of the most difficult region in the country to go to the NCA meet. It's a, it's a Cinderella story, certainly, but it gives us a platform to be really good in the future. Does that then parlay into an easier time of it, if you will, at nationals? Cause you got out of the West where, where it's so deep. I think we have to be careful with that. I think, you know, our approach this whole season is every race is, is different. It's, it's, uh, its own separate entity and, we will go there underranked again, yeah. um, and you know we'll just go there and continue to execute our race plan. And however that falls, it falls. Um, but certainly, just having the opportunity to race with especially a lot of young athletes on our team is huge for the future of this program. We'll, we'll talk about the athletes and, and get into that. I just want to go back real quickly to something you said about you know when you went to the to Arizona State, they said it's hard to run in the Ooh. desert. So on and so forth, and said certain you know things here, but here I I would think, am I wrong in thinking that the climate is perfect for cross country, the the history of running in this state is perfect for cross country, and of course, the reputation of things going on down the road. Oh no question. I mean this, or was that the thing that they said you're, <laughs> you're, you're going up against? Well, you know I think uh, again being in the Pac-12 for you know almost the last two decades at at a different school. Um, I think I looked at the program here at Oregon State in an enviable position. I'm like, I think there's a potential there mm-hmm. that can be really, really good, considering how good the state is, how good nor- the Northwest typically is, all the way up and through BC. Yeah. Um, and then down into Northern California, which is the best running state in the, in the country. If you can pull all of that together, pull some resources there, the climate's right, you're in the right conference, you can, you know, you know piggyback onto what the U of O is doing down, down sure. south. And all of a sudden, you can start having some success. And, and certainly, that's what we're trying to do here right now. And I think you just need to have just some momentum and, you know, get on the phones and call a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to recruit hard. Louis Quintana joining us. What happened, Coach? And what did you think the threshold was? Did you need to be in the top six? Was that your gut level? Did you have a feel for what you had to do? And was there, was there some high drama involved as you it, watched uh, the event, it was very dramatic. Um, there's a, an algorithm of getting to the NCA meet, so it is it's very factual. There's no subjective NCA committee putting together looking at your season. It is who you've beaten throughout the year, and there's a chart that's kind of going throughout this throughout the day. We were the last race of the day of all the nine regions, so when the eighth region was over, my my assistant coach Riley Watier and I looked at it and said. We have to be sixth. We're sixth, we're in. We're ranked seventh. We had to beat UCLA, who we have, I don't think we've ever beaten in our school's history. I'm pretty sure we haven't. Um, they beat us at the Pac-12 meet. They were ranked sixth. If UCLA is sixth, 
they're going. If we're six, we're going. And of course, I'm not going to tell the women that, you know, so <laughs> they, they, they don't know what's happening in the middle of the race. So they just executed their race plan. But we did talk in the in the huddle prior to the race. I said, you know, UCLA was wearing gold bottoms. I said, that's the team we need to beat. And so, you know, they kind of followed them throughout the course. It was high drama throughout the race. There's no question. We can see the live results popping up. We're seventh, we're sixth, we're seventh, we're sixth. Wow. And then as we finished with 100 meters to go, we had a nice little cushion. And we only beat them by 18 points within cross country. That's like a layup. That is that is not much. Wow. See, what I'm confused how, you know, and a lot of people probably are, how it's even scored. So right. do you have to have a certain number of, of runners be ahead of, in your example, the right. gold team, UCLA, or is it time versus place? How does it work? Cross country is all about place. Um, certainly they keep a clock, they keep a time, and, and some people will look at that, but it's all your place. So if you're, you know, you're going lowest score is going to be the better. So if you have low individuals, you got, you know, Juliana was uh, 12, that's 12 points. Okay. Right. So um, whatever place you are, that's your point total. And obviously the goal is to score less than everybody else. Yeah. Um, and they will populate it. You know, they'll have like an, an app and a live feed of the race. And you will know exactly as they come across a timing mat that they'll strategically place throughout the course, every kilometer or something like that. Once it goes over the mat and everybody goes through, the, boom, scores pop up. And the data gets in and you see it You right see away. it right away. At, at a mile into the race, we were over 100 points behind UCLA, which is, a, you know, it's like being down 21 to nothing in the first quarter in football. That's actually very interesting because, sorry, Doc, that, 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 um, one would think that as a spectator sport, cross country, well, there they go, and then they go into the woods and they come back. Right. But this new way, people can have that app, see it, or even have a scoreboard by the grandstands at the at the end of the race and see what's happening while they're away. And they do, and that's that's the the beauty of our sport is that uh, I had an administrator at at Arizona State that would one of the his best moments was going to the NCAA's in cross country, just watching that start. You got you know 31 teams, 255 individuals kind of starting like it's a, you know, a civil war battle kind of coming down a field. But mm -hmm. you have seven or 8,000 spectators there, you know, in freezing cold, depending if they're in Madison or Terre Haute, Indiana or something like that. Mm -hmm. It is a spectacle. It's pretty cool. But they have live scoreboards everywhere. You got apps. Everybody knows exactly what's going on. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. So, Coach, um, in that, in needing to finish sixth, and Juliana has had a tremendous career and season, What was there – to get there, was there a, another one of your student athletes that rose to a level maybe that heretofore she hadn't or mm -hmm. a couple of them that had the race of their lives to sure. enable you to get into the tournament? Well, our, you know, our pack has been tremendous. And I, I would say Lexi Reed and Audrey Luckner, who are maybe over overlooked in a way within our program, um, they're just steady and you, everybody in the top five. And if, if you have a five solid five, you need two women that are like that or two men, whoever you're coaching to just be a hundred percent consistent physically and emotionally throughout the season. So you just know what you're going to get. And as a coach, I've been doing this for a long time. There's going to be some ups and downs emotionally, and you're going to have some kids that are going to struggle and you're going to be up and down. And so some days they're amazing and some races they're boy, you know, I can't even believe they're on the top seven. So, in this situation, I think Audrey and Lexi have been the glue of our team. I've mentioned that a few times in some interviews, and they are um, one's a sophomore, one's a redshirt sophomore, and, and Lexi Reed's had some experience in you know big level high school races, so they understand what it's like to be in a crowd, 200 people in a race, to stay calm, and then they kind of help Mari Friedman and ha Haley Wolf, who are two true freshmen, navigate this thing, 
fantastically. I think without those two, Audrey and Lexi, Haley and Mari don't have the seasons that they're having right now. So they have some veteran presence kind of guiding them through the race. This is a true team effort on this week's Beaver Sports Podcast, the voice of Oregon State women's basketball. Sideline reporter extraordinaire Ron Callen visited with Juliana Mount, the senior, whom we just referred to with Coach Quintana, senior from San Jose, going to the championships. She visited Corvallis from Notre Dame High School on a recruiting trip. You can experience the same when you visit Corvallis Game Day Fun. Extend your stay. Take in all the Willamette Valley has to offer. Visit Corvallis. Come for the game. Stay to play, or in Juliana's case, stay to run. And going to the championships, as she shared with Ron Callen, a fulfillment of her dream in coming to Oregon State. I am beyond excited. I want to jump for joy, <laughs> but I'm sitting right now. But I, this has been a dream of mine for all four years, and to finally get to nationals my senior year, it's just a dream come true. We'll talk about the regionals. I know you guys finished sixth, right? Tell us about that, and uh, when did you realize that you guys had qualified? Um, well, um, coach was like, we were ranked lower, and my coach was like, Oh, they got nothing out of nothing on us. We should be ranked higher. Like we're the underdogs. Like let's show them today. And then we sort of had that passion and that grit as we were running. And my coach was um, yelling at me, saying, "We can make the. We can make nationals. We can make nationals. Keep going. Keep going." And I was like, "Yes." And just having that verbal, like, um, um, that verbal supportive words from my coach like helped me um just stay strong in the in the race you guys stayed strong and so for the first time in school history i mean no matter what juliana that's quite a feather in your cap oh yes yes it is to make history and to be in the books is just so incredible and i'm so excited for this weekend and what we can do and what we can more things we can put in the book you know, how far has this team come in the past four years? Because you've seen a lot. You've seen a lot of growth. You've seen a coaching change. Talk about that. So when I was a freshman, like, of course, our goal is always to get to nationals, always go shoot high. But it was never, like, really attainable until, like, this year, pretty much. And, like, Coach Louie had bought us into the program, like, um, junior year and it's like we can make nationals we just have to take one step forward and like um coming into my senior year he's like this is the year and we just he had it in our minds starting from day one of this year saying we're gonna make nationals he make he made us run the course the Wisconsin course early in the season they had an invitational because he's like we're going to be here again and just keeping that repeated message in our head and that that goal um, I think really helped us um, continue to fight when we were tired in workouts and uh, continue to have passion for running. Thanks to Ron for contributing to this week's uh, sports podcast we get back to head coach Louis Quintana 
John asked Louie about the type of activity, jockeying for position, the athletic skills required in Madison this weekend. John asked just what Coach Quintana expected, and that leads Louie into talking about the type of athletes that he's recruited to Oregon State, including one you see excel in another sport. Listen carefully here. An interesting story about one of Scott Ruick's players. It will be a little rough on Saturday. Like there'll be some movement. There'll be some jockeying for position. There'll be some elbows. Um, this weekend, not so much the crowd. The, the course was really wide. Mm-hmm. So we had plenty of room to run. The weather was perfect and everything was nice. But when we go to Madison, it's going to be, you know, we got some, some really athletic women on our team. Um, and if you were, we've been mistaken for the women's volleyball team almost everywhere we've gone. I mean, we have some girls that are you know, 5'10", 5'11", on our roster. So, you know, that's been a big thing in my recruiting has, has in the past is recruiting athletes. You know, they're runners, but they're athletes first. A lot of them were high-level basketball players or volleyball players that are just great distance runners. I mean, Mick Pivik um, on our basketball team, she's she was a national class distance runner in the state of Washington. She ran 454 in the mile, 213 in the 800. And she, a javelin thrower. And she was a 135-foot javelin thrower. I mean, that's you know, I talked to her when I was at Arizona State. I had no idea she was the Gatorade Player of the Year in basketball. Wow! You know, but I didn't know this about her running. Yeah, she's she's a she's as good as any girl on my team. Um, at least her pedigree coming out of high school. Obviously, she hasn't run in three years. But you know, there those are the kind of kids that you look for. And and you know, in talking to Scott Ruick and and some of the coaches, uh, Pat Casey, you know, how you build your program. You build your program on on people who want to be here right. in Corvallis, but are also very athletic in multiple sports. Hmm. We well believe Michaela chose the right part for her own career, but how interesting it would have been to see her running uh, cross-country and track as well. Sounds like she would have done very well had that been her collegiate sport of choice. We thank the Heat Pump Store. Your local ductless heating and cooling experts join the ductless revolution as we continue with this week's edition of the Beaver Sports Podcast Assessing the reaction, and this is always one of my favorite parts of talking to a coach or a student athlete, just what happens in their social media world, as it were, when great accomplishments come their way. Here's Coach Quintana on that. I've gotten so many calls and and texts and uh, emails um, over the last several days, and I think a lot of people are just like, is this real? (laughs) Because, I mean, Oregon State's been, you know, know, obviously – um, Coach Sullivan did a fantastic job just sort of building this program from nothing, you yeah. know, literally. Um, and, he, you know, I think he needs to um, take some credit for what we've been able to do. And, sure. Um, but ob- obviously I think a lot of people are just stunned throughout the country. It's a stunning achievement, a tremendous achievement. The first time in the history of the championship event that started in 1981 that the Beavers will be represented at the cross NCAA cross-country championships. John asked the very question that I was curious about. Will you? Will it be a reunion of sorts, running into old friends? I was going to ask you that, Coach, just friends and, and people and, and people who know the sport inside and out, they have been reaching out to you saying, man, <laughs> yeah. is this real? Yeah. So that's been going on the oh, last yeah. few days. Yeah, it, it's been pretty cool. And, um, you know, my wife and I were just sitting over dinner last night and kind of looking at each other going, can you believe this has happened? You know, <laughs> um, and we've, we, you know, at Arizona State, we know how difficult it was to make the, the meet. We made it 13 of my 16 years there. But um, the last three years when I was there, we were the first or second team not into the national meet. So we know how difficult it is to get there. 
Um, but we looked at each other and said, wow, it, it is. is there also a storyline of, you know, who the top runner is. And if you were watching this in a made for TV movie, it'd be like the music would one, and then it would show the top runner. And oh, is she someone oh, you she's going to pound on you out there with her elbows. And I mean, what's, <laughs> there's gotta be some drama here. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, if you, if you were to peel it back a little bit, there's, there's some excitement to the team drama and, and what's going to happen this weekend. New Mexico is, is loaded. They're um, really highly international team. They have athletes from all over the world competing for them. They were the defending national champions, um, and they're you know non-power five schools. So you see a lot of mid majors in our sport, and a lot of altitude schools, for instance, uh -huh. that are really good. You know, you have New Mexico and Colorado and Boise State, and you know those kind yeah. of programs, in Northern Arizona on the men's side that attract high-level athletes from all over the world because of the altitude. I was thinking of that when you mentioned New Mexico State, yeah. Let me ask one last thing, and I, this gets into how, you know, is this real and people reaching out to you? How did you do it? We kind of began with that. We'll close with a thought, Coach. You know, you gave, you were gracious to give Coach Sullivan credit for, you know, for, for building the program from nothing, and, and you inherit this is your second year. But when you came in and looked at, at possibilities, and John was even asking you about a vision for the program going forward in a cross-country course, maybe you could share a little bit with us. Did you change workouts a little bit? Did you, you know, in order to get the, did you look and say, hey, we, this group right here, right now, even if we don't have our full recruiting done yet to the level we want to in the program, these athletes are capable of doing things like this did you change some methods and workouts and approaches to to be able to have the kind of year you had i think you know i brought in just sort of my philosophy and my my methods of training i did feel like the talent was there currently on the roster when i got here last fall and while we didn't see the results in the fall we started to see it in the spring and we had four distance runners qualify for the ncaa first round which is as much as the top three or four teams in our conference usually send so we started to see that momentum build during the track season. It just took a little bit of time for them to get used to maybe a different level of volume, you know, just a little bit harder level of work. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty mellow guy. I'm pretty, pretty level-headed when, we, when we're out there at practice. But I'm also, you know, some high expectations of what we want and we can achieve. And I know a lot of the women came here to have an opportunity to make the NCAA championships. And I'm just kind of keeping that fuel going all the time. So there's never a day where we're just kind of going through the motions. It's just, you guys are here. We're division one athletes. This is the PAC 12 and let's see if we can make something happen. We wrap up the podcast this week, understanding that being a beaver has its perks like going to the cross country championships, the men's basketball team down in the Virgin Islands, the women's basketball team getting ready to head to Vancouver, football in Seattle this weekend. Indeed, being a Beaver has its perks, and Oregon State graduates are qualified for a scholarship towards earning their OSU MBA. In Portland, Ben Corvallis are online. You can find flexible and customized options by visiting mba.oregonstate.edu. Do it today. Our thanks to John, to Ron Callen. Thanks to all of you for listening. We'll be back again with another edition next week of a Beaver Sports Podcast. So long, everybody. This has been the Beaver Sports Podcast, brought to you by Hum Kombucha, handcrafted with love in Bend, Oregon, for Beaver Nation. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation.